I'm Maria Menunos, and you're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz begin. Uh, yes, ladies and gentlemen, we have the AEW Dynamite After Show. We're coming to you live from all across Southern California, where it's been moving and shaking. And have we got a show for you. We're going to talk about all the crazy stuff that went down. But before we get started, allow me to introduce my co-host for the evening. Ladies and gentlemen, typically he's in the producer booth. He's the king of the bing, bang, and boom. Ladies and gentlemen, let's hear it for Josh Alonzo. Bam, 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 bam. Going for the knockout. Boom. What another great episode tonight. I mean... Oh my goodness, there's like so many good things going on tonight, and then not to mention two great matches for the TNT uh, title tournament right there. It was, it really was a good show. Lots of really good wrestling that went down. Let's also give a shout out to the really wild, so I heard. So, you, well, you heard right. <laughs> you heard right. It was a good show. <laughs> It was it was a fantastic show. Uh, obviously, as, as always, we got stuff like Elite of the Week coming and all that good stuff. But let's get into overall thoughts. I, I'm going to start it. I don't care. I'm the host. Oh, but I, after I say I'm the host. I'm the host. I'm the benevolent host. I'm Fancy Jack Farmer. By all uh, means, Jack, get it going. <laughs> uh, right off the bat, I love Chris Jericho and commentary. Oh. He is so good. From the way he dresses in that really cool, sparkly blue jacket, to the gloves he wears to be COVID friendly, being safe and entertaining. Uh, he just sets the stage for me. But but Josh, how'd you feel overall about the show? I definitely do agree with Chris Jericho being on commentary. He, I love how he's analytical about the match itself and some of the little nuances of some of the wrestlers itself, but playing up to his character and adding up to that heel persona that he's doing, he will give the most backhanded compliments to a lot of these wrestlers, especially uh, the Kenny Omega match. He was piping them up and everything, and then he just shot it back down. So uh, Chris Jericho's commentary, amazing and hilarious with Tony Schiavone. And then overall, the matches were great, and I really loved the main event. Definitely had a lot of storyline going into it, so I'm excited to talk about it. I love that you said the backhanded compliment because I literally had that written in my notes during the the Omega match. Uh, I I loved how he said he's, He's like, when I get into the ring with uh, Kenny, I'm always nervous, even though I've beaten him every time or something like that. Uh, he, he just he does such a good job of, of being the Chris Jericho that we all know and love, but also doing his duties as a commentator. Um, I, I also love that he sounds like a fan. I mean, something that I think is, as wrestling fans, we've watched for so long, you get these professionals who are so good about being professional on the microphone and, and relaying things and play-by-play and color commentary. But he sounds like he's excited. Like, he's having fun watching these matches. And I think that that relates, especially now more than ever, uh, with Jericho out there. Definitely. So, I mean, uh, you'll have certain wrestlers who become commentators, sometimes not the greatest and other times really the greatest. And I think Chris Jericho, if he does retire from wrestling, he should definitely consider going into commentary for wrestling. Yeah, it'd be a slam dunk for him to go into commentary. Uh, someone else who's tried their hand at commentary for AEW was Cody Rhodes. And we started AEW Dynamite with Cody Rhodes reporting from the Batcave. Uh, he's got his, uh, his <laughs> screens up and he's in his chair and he's, uh, it's all dark behind him. I'm sure Alfred was off because he not only built up who he was in this tournament, but he built up the tournament 
as a whole and how mm. important it is and all the different people in it. Did you like starting off uh, AEW Dynamite this week with that segment? Did you like hearing from Cody? I definitely uh, did. For Jake? No, I definitely <laughs> did. I mean, it's a great way to just pretty much hype up the tournament as well. I mean, last week we saw the first few rounds of the tournament itself, at least the first half of it. This week we saw the second half of the first round. So it's really cool just to really hype up that tournament and everything. I definitely did love the whole layout of it. You could definitely tell partially green screen a little bit cheesy but then it's fun that's just how it is you definitely do know that these guys are allowed to have that fun within their promos at times and this definitely just shows that example right there i can't tell you why i can't tell you the why it is this way but when AEW does something that's a little cheesy or a little silly for some reason i say it's okay though it works it's it works fun. i don't judge them harshly uh, i'll be honest if, if if that happened on some other shows i might go Come on, guys. This is silly, but for... Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Got your happy price, price line. Some reason AEW, I know it's biased. I know it's not fair, but I'm just going to say it. I feel like it's okay on AEW. It's just fun, right? I, I think okay it definitely bias. I think it definitely lends that nature because they all they are the alternative. So, of course, anything they do, there's going to be a lot of people that praise it because they definitely do know how to sell off being goofy without being a little bit too goofy, if that makes sense. So when they yeah. do something like this, or if they do something like uh, anything that Broken Matt Hardy's going to do, it's going to be great because we know that there is at least some creative freedom into that and they don't have to sound so forced to be funny or try to be goofy in that nature. So it's great. Yeah, well, I mean, I think they also do a good job of layering the seriousness with it. Like everything Cody said was dead serious. It mm-hmm. made every single competitor in that tournament seem like a legit threat to win seemed like they had a reason to win seemed like they had a necessity to win uh, particularly one cody rhodes who i think is a favorite for a lot of people um but cody wasn't the Rhodes that competed tonight mm-hmm. uh we had dustin rhodes versus kip sabian kip sabian by the way on my my watch my stock watch because i feel like he's, he's got some good things coming they uh they added kind of midweek that Dustin Rhodes was going to retire if he couldn't win tonight. Uh, before we get into the, the, the sort of the details uh, of the match, they had a great promo building up to everything. Uh, I loved that Kip Sabian had this great line. I just want to throw out there. Uh, he said, I've not had my moment yet. This is my moment. And I thought that was a cool, a cool thing. Cause it's true. He's the one guy in the tournament that doesn't really have anything yet in his mm-hmm. career so far. Um, how did you feel they did building? Did you like the uh, the retirement stiff going into it? How did you feel about the build this match? So with this match, I definitely did love the retirement stipulation to it. It added that level of gravitas and a little more dramatic tone to it. Just so it's that we don't know if he's going to retire now, if he's going to retire later. This is definitely a way to just pretty much play up a little bit. Not to just make it just a simple title tournament, but to have a little bit more depth and dimension to a lot of these participants in the, within the tournament itself, especially with someone like Dustin Rhodes, who's been a veteran of wrestling for so many decades now. And then I think it was pretty cool 
that you know he's just like hey this is my last time to do something like this he's he even mentioned it to in that phone call where they played it again they actually played it on youtube originally and then they showed it up Mm -hmm. on the broadcast as well where he's just like hey this might be my last march to do everything this is pretty much the proudest i've ever been i'm proud of it you should be proud of it and then he's pretty much saying that if he doesn't win tonight he's going to be gone for good and i think that definitely adds up the level of intensity for that match because you find yourself rooting for a guy who I would say is underrated and often overlooked at times, especially from his time from WCW to WWE. He's been overlooked a lot and we know he's a really naturally gifted wrestler. And to have that just to say, Hey, this might be my last time. is pretty much just seeing for all intents and purposes, the all-star quarterback who is 20 years in veteran, who's a 20 year veteran into the league and then either retires or leaves or anything like that. You just don't want to see that happen, but you kind of find yourself rooting for that person. So I think it's really great. Yeah, I agree. I think it was a great way to add a little bit more weight to it. I feel like going in, we kind of knew that Dustin was going to win. Uh, spoiler alert, my bracket is still <laughs> undefeated. <laughs> undefeated. <laughs> Perfect bracket. Um, I feel like we kind of went in seeing this. Um, I, I it, was, it was interesting because when you know they, they were kind of building up some other things for Kip Sabian to do after this uh, during the show, and they also uh, had this this uh, stipulation of retirement. I was kind of thinking like they're kind of telegraphing a little bit that that Kip's going to lose because they're they're sort of stacking the deck that way. But then it almost like they stacked it so much it made me think, well, what if they're doing something a little fishy? What if they've got some some shenanigans uh, planned, some hijinks planned, uh, which made the match a lot more interesting? Um, even though he came up short, I love this crew of, of Kip and, and Penelope Ford, though. Uh, so Dustin's going forward in the tournament. He's going to face uh, Lance Archer, I believe they said next week, which ugh. Poor, poor Dustin. You would have been better off retiring, my friend. Oh, yeah, uh, definitely. <laughs> it's like it, we're literally going to see the lamb go into the slaughter. I mean, the way they're building up Lance Archer and with the whole thing that if he loses, he's going to retire. This is going to be his peripheral high moment. And then next week, it's just going to be bad for him, unfortunately. Wait, but did, did he say if he doesn't win the tournament, he's retiring? or just? I thought it was just Kip. I think it might be just Kip, but then I was kind of insinuating that if he doesn't win the tournament, he may retire. I mean, it's kind of like one of those open-ended type of things. We don't know how specific into this, like how specific the storyline might go because it made it did seem that if he lost against Kip Sabian, okay, he's done. But what about if he wins? Does that carry on to the next round, or does that carry over to the whole tournament itself? I think if he loses next week, I think he'll be done. Interesting. That's interesting. That would really be a feather in the multicolored cap of Lance Archer if he could put that, uh, if he could do away with that. Um, I, I did want to say, I thought Kip looked really smooth tonight. I thought the moment where Brandy and Penelope Ford went at it would have had a crowd popping super loud. I thought that was a really cool way for Brandy to kind of show some grit, show some toughness, take out Penelope Ford. And, um, and yeah, it was an interesting, uh, interesting thing. We have more to talk about, I think, uh, regarding Kip in a little bit. But before we do that, I want to take a moment to just thank everybody who's watching us uh, and listening to us and on iTunes and 
uh, whether it be on Spotify, whether it be here on YouTube, you guys are so appreciated. Um, and uh, you guys make us the ESPN of TV talk. Got to get the catchphrase in there. Uh, of course, as always, please do us a favor and hit the like button. It takes a second. Uh, leave a comment, even if it's just to say, good job, guys. Or even if it's just to say, Jack, we hate you. Your shirt doesn't work with TV because it's got the weird thing going on. I don't know if it's actually doing that, but these shirts sometimes make the weird wavy thing happen. Uh, it doesn't matter. Just put a comment in there, share it with your friends, leave a five-star review. All of that goes a very long way in uh, in helping us to stay the ESPN of TV talk. So it's appreciated. Uh, <laughs> something else I appreciated. I just want to take a quick break before we go back into the next uh, round of tournament matches. I appreciate the bubbly bunch. Oh, this is so funny. I love how there's no real like agenda with it. It's just them being, being it's silly. just them just being them. I mean, it's perfect because we always see them being the villainous bunch, but then the, this villainous bunch happens to be just so funny and so goofy and just like. They like to pull. They like to pull punches on each other, and they definitely do like to make fun of each other, which is great. Which definitely mm-hmm. plays into the early the earlier thing that I mentioned earlier. A lot of these wrestlers are finally getting that chance to act goofy, and it really just shows off their personality to it, and it just makes it relate more a little more uh, relatable to them. So I think it's awesome right there, especially with the whole Brady Bunch aspect and Jake Hager doing his uh, what was it his push up handstand, whatever that was. I'm just like, oh my goodness, I do that, my shoulders are gone. Yeah. Yeah. He, you know, it's, it's, it's really big. Cause I think a lot of times groups like this, people go, Oh, they're just thrown together. It's just people who are thrown together. But this shows that like, yeah, they're actually kind of a cool, like they're all buddies. They hang out and you believe that they would hang out. Uh, something I never liked about the NWO Wolfpack. That's right. I'm going to talk about the NWO Wolfpack. Ooh. I didn't believe for a second that Lex Luger and Conan were friends. Maybe they are. <laughs> they just didn't look like they hung out. I don't believe they hang, hung out after the shows. Uh, but uh, maybe they did. I don't know. I just didn't believe it. Uh, where now I see these guys and I'm like, yeah, I could totally see Ortiz and Jake Hager hanging out because they're silly. Ortiz, by the way, possibly my favorite. Him talking to the Grinch was just great. Just a creme uh, la creme. <laughs> but I also loved uh, Jericho getting mad because uh, Sammy Guevara showed him up on the on the dance moves. <laughs> I mean, uh, it's just it just in perfect this is just pretty much just what the inner circle is it's just a bunch of guys like you yeah. said just a bunch of guys that do hang out afterwards and it's just it's awesome yeah they didn't use the name tiktok though they said flim flam and i don't know i'm a i'm a user of the phrase flim flam so i loved it i just like seeing it. i like the word flim flam i if, like shenanigans i like hijinks i dust up i like fisticuffs i like flim flam I, th- I think this is a definite way. I'm not the law expert here. Roger's normally the law, law expert, so I definitely think I would say he would agree with this and just trying to, you know, skew away from the name TikTok so they avoid some type of, uh, you know, <laughs> legal infringement and whatnot. So who knows? Yeah, that, the irony is, is I bet their flim flam ended up on TikTok um, because <laughs> that's just the way it goes. Um, so... Oh, that was fun. I want to get back to these matches, though, these ones that had the real kind of weight to them. We started the show, Darby Allen versus Sammy Guevara. And uh, it was interesting. It started very similar to their Revolution match, but 
reverse. This time, instead of Darby Allen diving over the top rope, it was Sammy Guevara. And these guys, as always, just had a fantastic match. Josh, walk us through it. I mean, as JR would say, it's such a barn burner, this match. Uh, definitely did love the role reversal of it, where we saw and at the Revolution pay-per-view, Darby Allen attacking Sammy Guevara prior to the match. This time we saw Sammy Guevara do the same thing as a one-upmanship. And, you know, when I saw that happen, I'm just like, is Sammy Guevara going to win this match? Because he just literally annihilated him, especially the latter spot right there. I thought it was going to be, okay, brings him into the ring, does a shooting star press, game over right there. But then I definitely did like the resiliency of Darby Allen coming back and getting the victory in this match. I mean, these two just, you can tell these two are going to be the future stars of AEW. Similar to, I know, I believe it was Anissa or Roger that had mentioned it, that they have the similar rivalry to what Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock had in the WWF back in the day. These two are going to be mm-hmm. pretty much the two pinnacle stars of that. And they're going to have a back and forth rivalry for years to come. So this is just the beginning of it. And if this is what they do now, I can't wait what they do later in the future. Yeah, I really loved the build to it, the the videos they showed. I thought that Sammy Guevara did a great job with his trash talk and his promo time. I like the mood that Darby Allen brings. I think Darby Allen is a mood. He's not a character. He's not a person. He's a mood. You know, you see him and he's got the mu- a certain type of music. He's got a certain this look and everything. Uh, I agree. I thought this match was great. That mo- that shot of of. Uh, Guevara coming off the top rope onto Allen when he was laid on the chair. So cool. And that looked like it hurt so bad. I love the taking off the, I love the taking off the shoot thing. I, Just, the whole uh, time, Jericho was saying what I was feeling the whole time. So I was like, it's so weird to walk around with one shoe on. And he was, the whole time he was talking about that, I was like, he's right. Yeah, it is weird to walk around with one shoe on. <laughs> uh, but, but Sammy made it work. Um, some uh some uh some gold lines from Jericho again he had so many but uh do you know you know what suicida stands for I don't (laughs) (laughs) I don't speak Spanish I don't know the phrasing for it I'm sure Excalibur would would know everything and how to explain it but uh now he used to win with the of it being a pin it's sort of similar to what they have in called the knee bar or the knee lock which is essentially hyper extending the knee going the opposite direction area so that would definitely mm-hmm. would hurt in a real life practical use for it but i definitely yeah. do like it if it definitely i know he's used it once before and i mm-hmm. love it i and the, i love the move itself it's definitely a unique way to get the pin definitely a way for them to crunch up an opponent and not to let them kick out so easily and i think it's great and yeah. plus the name itself the last supper i mean whew, that's a great name for a move right there yeah, it fits in with their uh, with his whole his whole mood, as I said. Um, his aura. It's, I, I like it because he can hit it a bit faster than the coffin drop. I think the coffin drop is always going to be like the cool one, you know. But uh, I think sometimes it's nice to get those snappy wins, and it gives him a way to get a snappy win on somebody uh, without having to climb up to the top rope and hit the hit the coffin drop. By the way, you're kind of the after buzz version of Taz. I love the way you break <laughs> down these moves and. It, it makes me wince, though, you saying, like, oh, yeah, your joint bends this way, so we're going to bend it the other way. <laughs> you know, and funny like, enough, he did have a move breakdown later on in the show itself with Kenny Omega's V-Trigger and Snapdragon. 
Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. Do you like that? I thought that was such a cool way to make those moves seem better. I thought it's in the yard. You got to do is pop your hips, take it backwards, yeah. and then it hurts the guy right there. <laughs> Trying to do my best Taz impression there, but obviously it's not so great. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was, it was great. It was great. Uh, from the Red Hook District, we, the, uh, we it was, um, but yeah, like especially because I, I was as I was watching it, right? I tried to like put my mind in like if someone else was watching this, and I, I think mm-hmm. of someone like like Jessica who's new to wrestling and doesn't know much about someone like a Kenny Omega or ideally other stars as they do this more and to be like highlighted. Oh yeah. This is his signature. These are his signature moves. These are the things I look for. So then when you watch him have a match later and you see that Snapdragon suplex or that V trigger, you're like, Oh yeah, that's that cool move. He does that Taz mm-hmm. broke down. Uh, it's, just, it's just a simple way to one fill time, which is important right now with not being able to have just stuff happening in the show. Uh, but also just explain things and, and open things up to us viewers so that we can watch it and go, oh, yeah, that's a really cool move. I like that. That's a, you know, or that's that's why I like Kenny Omega. Do you think whatnot. they should continue this highlight series, though? I think they should. What's what's your thought on that? I agree. I agree. I think, it, like I said, it, it's also like it makes people look good. It makes mm-hmm. moves look more dangerous. And it also is just a cool way of presenting things instead of just watching matches i think right now kenny omega is a good one to start it with um but i would love to see them go through and maybe do some other people that aren't as big of names so they can help get them elevated so if you had uh like Stu grayson of the dark order on there right mm-hmm. who we seem to see a lot but due to the nature of how he's used you don't really see his moves as often so you don't really get to know who his moves are but if you saw some of his moves that way you'd go oh yeah that's that cool move he does oh wow he is a great wrestler because Stu Grayson's a phenomenal wrestler. We just, he's so a part of the Dark Order. I think sometimes we don't think about him as much that way. If that makes sense. No, totally. Um, um, which, by the way, let's just jump into the Dark Order stuff since we brought that up. Uh, Brody Lee with a promo. I love these promos. I hear that they are making fun of Vince McMahon, and I don't know if it's true, but if they are, Vince McMahon was a great character before, and he apparently still is, because I loved this. What do you think about the the promo video? I thought it was definitely really cool. It's definitely super sinister the way they're presenting Brody Lee in this aspect. I mean, we knew from his time from the Independence and from his time in his WWE, he's a very opposing figure right there due to his like size and his nature and his moveset. He's got a definitely a great moveset. Not a lot of people know that he can actually do a Hurricane Rana for a big guy. That's super impressive. And so I definitely think we call it a Frankensteiner, but whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's call it the Frankensteiner in this aspect right here. So he's definitely great at doing Frankensteiners. (laughs) But um, to play up on that, it's definitely an awesome way to present him. I mean, we definitely did mention in the past when he debuted, he's being t- depicted as that smart monster, that methodical, just big guy who's just really just breaking you down just with his words and can also do it with his fist as well. So I think that was really cool. And the one thing I really did like about this promo is them recruiting someone who had a, you know, a great collegiate history and everything, but due to an injury, missed out on the Heisman Trophy felt like his life was going nowhere sees the dark order advertisement goes on it signs up has a meeting with Brody lee i think it's going to be great who the mystery person is we don't know and i definitely love to find out yeah i love that i love that i i thought that little promo the beginning of it was so powerful him you know see looking at his old accolades and how he got hurt and the girlfriend breaking up with him over the phone while he's drinking 
it was it was a great way because they've shown in the past the people who join and they always make them look, look like you know quote unquote losers because like they're just lame like they're they're not doing anything where this is a guy who was doing stuff he was successful he had all these attributes but it didn't work out for him and so you know it is it's like wow like it, it you know as as creepy as it is to say because they're a cult it makes you like yeah even someone like me could join the dark order josh even someone like you could join the dark order <laughs> uh, yeah i i thought it was great the um he typed in i had the whole world in my hands now that Mm. That was a, that was a a clear reference to that's uh, to his former family member there. So I think that was a nice little. I'm not sure if it was a jab. I think it was just a nice little nod because I'm pretty sure, despite everything that went on with him and Vince, I'm pretty sure he had a nice, profound respect for everyone in the Wyatt family. So that's a like yeah. nice little reference right there. Yeah, I I agree. Um, and we are kind of running a long time. We, we we were chatting the whole time, Josh. We're too we're too chatty. Uh, <laughs> let me get through uh, real quick. Hart, the, Matt Hardy had a promo. Uh, he re-emphasized his uh, disdain for Chris Jericho and re-emphasized wanting to have an elite deletion match at the Hardy Compound. Which come on, will print money once they do that. But he turned his attention. A bit to Sammy Guevara, and we also saw some some old V1 uh, Matt Hardy. Uh, how do you like this promo? How are you liking Broken Matt Hardy and the the addition of I'll just say V1 Matt Hardy, but I yeah. guess whatever normal Matt Hardy. I think this was great. It's definitely playing up on that just that split personality aspect of what Broken Matt Hardy is. He brings so many different characters into the universe, and it's just going to be great. And if they do do the uh, Elite, the deletion, or whatever they're going to call it, I think it'll be great. And I, because of this, and you definitely, and the idea definitely popped into my head when she mentioned it. I think they are going to have an aspect of Broken Matt Hardy against someone, and then out of nowhere, you're going to see Virgin Matt Hardy against somebody else in that same uh, spectrum of time or what so have you. So I think that'll be a great opportunity to do that. You know, that would be such a, I would love that, dude. That would be so great. If, yeah, Death the Hardy concert. Different Matt Hardy fighting, And then, like, yeah, Broken Matt Hardy gets, like, thrown off of a building or something, and then normal Matt Hardy comes up, like, out of nowhere and starts fighting. <laughs> or, like, that would be fantastic. I am I am all in. Like I said, print money. Um, but Sammy Guevara, as, uh, as Matt called him, I wanted to make sure I shouted that out. I thought that was funny. <laughs> Sammy um, uh, we also had a match, Orange Cassidy versus Jimmy Havoc. I like both these guys. Uh, Orange Cassidy versus Pac was one of my all-time favorite matches in as long as I can remember. I always say as long as I can remember because I never want to say it's one of my all-time But I smiled the whole time. It was so much fun. Um, I guess I'm just going to – I know they don't want to give us a whole lot of Orange Cassidy because if you get mm. too much of him, I think it's going to wear thin. But today it felt like maybe we need to see a little bit more of him because I was, this match would have been fine, but in my head going into it and preparing all week, I was thinking about Pack versus Orange Cassidy. Mm-hmm. But this isn't a pay-per-view. This isn't revolution. And so my, my expectations got a little bit off kilter. Do you think that that's fair? Do you think this, like, how did you feel about this match in general? Did you like the match, I guess, before we start? I, I definitely- thought it was a fine match, but my perception of that no uh i definitely like the match and everything but i could agree with you in some aspect in saying that they need to add a different level of dimension to orange cassidy as far as just his matches and whatnot because 
this is fine match and everything, but it's just, I felt it was a little too similar to what we saw in Revolution, where he got the beat down earlier on in the match. And then next thing you know, it's just pretty much in his head. It just clicks. And then all of a sudden, he's just doing just all his moves, spectacularly, spectacular moveset. Not going to lie about that. But mm-hmm. I just feel like it was just a little bit too similar to what we saw at Revolution. So maybe just a little bit something differently. Maybe we see, I don't know, would be a pretty interesting since he is a slow starter. Why not do the opposite and have him be the aggressor of the match and just have him just run over somebody. And then in the end, he just gets bored and then he gets beaten like that. I think that'd be really cool. I mean, <laughs> that would be great. He's just in the middle of beating someone up and then he just like shrugs and lays down. <laughs> Um, the story of this match, though, I mean, uh, Orange Cassidy gets the win. The story of the match, though, is the team up of Kip Sabian and um, Jimmy Havoc. And their little rivalry that's brewing between them and the best friends. This was kind of one of the things I also think was sort of alluding to the fact that Kip Sabian is probably going to lose later in the night because he had something else going on. Mm-hmm. Um, are we, how, is this a team? Uh, is, is Kip Sabian and, and Jimmy Havoc going to be a team? Are we going to, need to give them a name or is this kind of like a we've got we've only got a few wrestlers around let's just pair them up so we can do some tagging and stuff i think they could be a good team i'm definitely a little bit more knowledgeable on jimmy havoc as i've seen a lot of his matches as far as kip saving goes like i mentioned a few weeks ago i'm not really that familiar with him so i think this would be a great opportunity for myself and then people like myself who've never seen Kip Sabian to pair up with something, someone that's a little bit more well-known in that aspect and really have them as a team. So opportunity for a team, really good. And I definitely do see the relation. They're both from the United Kingdom. So there's definitely that relationship aspect right there. Um, How they're going to pretty much just make that work. I'm not entirely sure. I mean, I definitely do know that their tag team division in AEW is one of the best, if not, the best in the world right now so it definitely would be really cool to just see a lot more teams play up to that when we never know that that this storyline could progress into either kip sabian and jimmy havoc or the best friends going up to the tag team title contention so who knows it'd definitely be a cool opportunity for them to just really get more exposure off of that it's funny i love the whole thing they're both from the uk because it makes sense totally makes sense but if you were to say to me hey jack you should team up with this guy he's also from the pacific northwest i'd be like i don't care (laughs) <laughs> who is this guy I want to see but it makes sense in re- it's one of those things in wrestling you go oh, okay well it makes sense uh, speaking about where people are from we had a video with Scorpio Sky of SCU uh, just, I, I just want to say I love these videos that humanize wrestlers I love the stories about guys who get hurt but they they risk it all to come back I, I love these humanizing things I've said before I think Scorpio Sky is going to be the AEW heavyweight champion of the world at some point in the future. Did you like the use of, uh, of Scorpio Sky here in this video? I definitely did. And what you said was great. It definitely humanizes a lot of these competitors a lot because normally when you see wrestlers, you always think they're just top guys and just everything. They're just like stout and everything like that. Pretty mean and approachable people. But this pretty much just gives another dimension to the characters themselves. I mean, you definitely hear the, their upbringings. I mean, Scorpio Sky even said it the first thing off the bat was, I am a fan of pro wrestling, which is great because you always want to hear that anyone that you see on tv or anyone that you see anywhere doesn't matter what profession they have a passion for the sport the uh, the sport event whatever you want to call it you want to have some i guess sort of relation to them if you're a fan of pro wrestling you hear another you hear a professional wrestler saying hey i've been a fan since day one it definitely does play into that uh, empathy factor right there so i think it was really cool 
Yeah, I, um, I agree. And, and um, because we are running on time, I want to rattle through a few things. Uh, MJF promo uh, was great as always. Love that he used this whole situation to uh, to make himself seem even even worse. But he said something interesting here. The most important thing had nothing to do with the injury, had nothing to do with everything he said. The one thing that was important is he said he's going to be the next AEW heavyweight champion. I think he's going after John Moxley. I think that's the big takeaway from this whole thing. Do you think he's the next contender? I definitely think he's going to be so. And I think he might actually use Wardlow to actually soften up John Moxley. And then we might see MJF going for the kill. I agree. And Wardlow had a match as well. Um, I Real quick, I want to give a shout out to Alan Angeles, who did great against Kenny Omega. Uh, in his match. Uh, I would love to see more of him. And Lee Johnson did great against Wardlow as well. You had mentioned Wardlow. I got to ask you, though, Josh, this is a big thing before we get into the uh, Elite of the Week. Really important. There was a time when they said that AEW didn't have any big guys, that they were all small. They were all tiny. Now I'm sitting here and I'm looking. We got Lucius Soros. We got Jake Hager. We got Wardlow. We got Lance Archer. We even got Brody Lee. We got tons of big stakes in the ring. I got to ask you, though, as the muscle man of AfterBuzz TV, <laughs> if you're building a stable, who do you think is the strongest? Who's the biggest, strongest guy in AEW right now? I definitely would think just off of looks, I would definitely have to go with Lance Archer. He's definitely the most imposing out of them. Definitely would put Brody Lee up there in second. Or I guess I guess Ty, I wouldn't necessarily say second place. But as far as just legitimacy, strength, and everything like that, I'd have to give to Jake Hager because of his MMA background and wrestling background. So there's definitely that as well. Um, yeah. If I were to make a spend, if I were to make a stable with big guys, I, I could potentially see Lance Archer joining up with the Dark Order. I think that'd be really interesting right there. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that would be that would be a very terrifying, a very terrifying situation. Um, but I don't know. I think I feel like Wardlow looked really strong. Maybe it's just because uh, he had a good showing against Lee Johnson, um, who, by the way, all the talent that they brought in to help out, doing an absolute bang up job, uh, doing a great job in in presenting themselves and wrestling and everything they're doing looks really really good. Um, but as I said, we had to take some time. It's for the final thing, the, the closers, as we call it. It's called the elite of the week that's right ladies and gentlemen it's the elite of the week where we count down from number five and work our way down to number one starting at number five we have less champion chris jericho this guy's not only a great wrestler he is the color commentator that is making these shows so so interesting he brings life not only to his mic but you can hear it in Tony Schiavone's as well. Chris Jericho, you're number five. At number four, we got Scorpio Sky. I said it before. I'll say it again. He is a future world champion. And that video he did was such a great way to remind us that he is someone we're all rooting for, whether you're in SoCal or abroad. It's all good. We love you, Scorpio. Number three, Kip Sabian and Penelope Ford. Came out on the losing end today, but they're still on the list because they're feuding with the best friends. They had Dustin Rhodes involved in things. They were all over the card, and I've got a feeling that Kip Sabian is going to be a big, big deal very, very soon. Number two, we have Darby Allen. He made it 
forward in the tournament again today, and he is my pick to win the entire TNT title tournament. So he is doing number two things because he is so great. Look at that cool outfit he's got on. That's something I would try to put on and then be like, that doesn't work. It works for him, though. Number one, ladies and gentlemen, it's again Sammy Guevara. Look, you guys. He got talked about in the opener by Cody. He had a match to start the show. He was part of the bubbly bunch. He's part of this entire show. He's for weeks. He's in the beginning. He's in the middle. He's in the end. He's stealing scenes left and right. It's time to stop saying he's going to become something big as a part of the inner circle and start saying he is something big. He is the inner circle. Sammy Guevara, you're number one, and that is why you are the elite of the week. Yay! You know what? The one bummer is Dustin's not in there, and he he moved on in the tournament, but I felt like the other guys just deserved it. I mean, I felt like... Sometimes. I mean... I mean, I would not disagree with that list. I mean, I felt like those in that top five definitely made a bigger impact. I mean, of course, we all love Dustin Rhodes, but then eh, it didn't really make much of an impact, I felt. So, yeah. Fair. I think that's fair. And I think that that is about time for us. But before we go, Josh Alonzo, tell the world when they can find you online. And before we do that, quick shout out right here. Daniel Q, Eric Clark, Joseph Boza. We have Haywood Wong. We got Dylan Matthews, all the usual suspects. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, you guys can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at J-O-A-L-323. And Ryan in the booth, where can they find you? Where you guys can find me is at Ryan Nilsen underscore. That's N-I-L-S-E-N underscore. That is on Instagram and on Twitter, Ryan Nilsen. Please follow Star Wars News Thursdays, 4 p.m. And you can find me at jackcfarmer.com as well as at Real Jack Farmer across all social media. You can also check me out on the AEW social media scam every Monday night. This week, we talked about Chris Jericho's Mount Rushmore of wrestling. What's yours, by the way? You can also check me out on the WWE Raw after show every Monday at 9 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on After Buzz TV. You can also check me out now every Thursday at 3 p.m. For Jack and Flobo, wrestle with your questions. We take all your questions, whatever they may be, wrestling or not, and we answer them whether we're qualified to or not. It is a fun show. Check it out. And until next time, folks, do your best and be yourself. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.